This is the Legacy Wealth Code Podcast, helping you build long-term wealth and a lasting legacy through real estate investing, tax strategies, and motivational stories from some of the most successful and influential people out there. Here are your hosts, real estate investor and entrepreneur, Michael Notbaum and real estate investor and attorney, Andrew Hook. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Legacy Wealth Code Podcast. My name is Michael Notbaum here with my partner in crime, Andrew Hook. What's going on, guys? Good to be back. So we are going to do a little bit of um, a deep dive on cost segregation, right? So something that you not you and I are very passionate about. I think it's definitely changed the way that we invest, the way that we teach other people how to invest. But there's also a, uh, a phase out mm-hmm. that has started, you know, so this year is 80%. And 60, 40, 20 phasing it out on the bonus depreciation portion of it. Yes, correct. And so I think it's important, um, you know, we just want to kind of put this episode out there as a reminder that as we approach the end of the year, if you're interested in doing some investments, taking advantage of the tax strategies, this is the time to do it till it goes down to 60%. But then also, what are some of the investment vehicles that you might look at buying into that give you a higher year one deduction than like, say like a single family house. Sure. And so I know that you and I over the years have learned about a a variety of different investments that qualify as that. So I wanted to um, do this episode for that. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, you know, we always get the end of the, we're in Q4 now. So we always get the end of the year tax planning crunch no matter what. But I think if you're, if you're one of those people that is in that end of the year tax planning crunch, and you're looking to, you know, hyper accelerate your your tax savings and are going to cost segregate, you know, really getting it done between now and December 31st of 2023 is going to become important to maximize that uh, that acceleration. Well, so let, let's just kind of put everything into perspective. So taking a step back, the, um, you know, the the initial cost seg with bonus depreciation started at a hundred percent and then it phased out last year. It was still a hundred percent this year. It's 80 then 60, 40 and 20. So people that don't know what that means, uh, explain that. So it's, it's a sunset of the law that was passed under the tax and wages act of by, by, uh, Trump in 2017. But the, the overall act was that, Bonus depreciation, which allows you to accelerate all of your depreciation into year one, would be phased out over a time period. So from 2017 to, was that, through 2022, it was 100%. Yep. 2023, 80%. And then it drops 20% per year until it goes to zero. And, you know, as we've talked about a number of times, who knows what happens with the tax code as we get into the next administration here in the 2024 election cycle, it very well could be something that is revisited, revisited, revamped. A lot of laws that are set to sunset over time typically get picked up in yeah. Congress. And so, you know, this this may be very well be one of those. And so it's something that we're going to have to watch here. And I think in probably the next, you know, 12 months as we get it, well, more than that, if it's January of 2024 or 2025 before the before uh, either we have the same administration or a new administration takeover, those things will be important to watch, I think, as we get into that time period. Yeah. So, you know, along the lines of like things getting phased out, how long has it been every time 1031 comes up? 
you know, oh, they're going to phase it out. It gets renewed. Now, granted, this is somewhat of a new strategy in terms of the bonus depreciation element of it. Mm -hmm. But to kind of, you know, the 30,000 foot view of this for for people who are unfamiliar with our podcast or just unfamiliar with cost-seg in general is essentially you have... You know, a house is normally depreciated, single family home, for example, if it's uh, non-commercial, 27 and a half years. So the IRS is okay with you taking the structure for easy uh, math, a million dollar structure, take out 20% for land. You have an $800,000 structure, you depreciate over 27 and a half years. Mm-hmm. Straight line, just divide 800,000 by, by 27 and a half. Anybody who's owned real estate or is in the real estate business knows that this carpet is not going to be here in 27 and a half years. Hopefully not. Yeah. Plumbing, electrical, roof, cabinets, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lifespan of that asset that is then broken down through a cost segregation report saying that the the carpet is a five-year asset. And essentially, bonus depreciation allows you to accelerate all of that to year one. And then the step down or phase out, sunset, however you want to call it, is 80% of that number is what you can actually take this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is going to range, I think, based on the property, but the the overall average is somewhere between 25 and 30%. Like take this office, for example, right? You you did this office a couple of years ago. And what was the overall percentage? About 30%, somewhere in that neighborhood? Um, Yes. Yeah, it was right. Just just shy of 30%. Yeah. So I think, you know, you're safe to, to somewhere in 25 to 30%. So yep. on an $800,000 structure, you're looking at, you know, for round numbers, $240,000 of year one depreciation. Mm-hmm. And at 80% of that, that's a significant tax deduction. Sure. And I think, um, you know, part of this is really, I guess, hitting home the fact that if you do qualify as a real estate professional and you can take $180,000 off your income, that's real money back in your pocket. Huge. You know, yep. that's like $65,000 plus in your pocket year one, real money that yeah. you would normally be writing a check to the IRS. Now, next year, when that goes down to 60%, yeah, it's still great, but that's a big difference. So if you're on the fence about yeah. buying something. Now, I think that's what we were saying at the beginning, opening up. It's, you know, if you're a tax planner in Q4, which a lot of people are. This this year in particular makes a big difference in going ahead and doing this now because you're going to start to lose twenty percent, you know, yep. per year. And it's funny, you know, mentally I have this my own in my own head, I'm like man, it's no longer a hundred percent. Like it seems like you're almost like man, like I'm getting cheated, you know. But <laughs> but the reality is that you know eighty percent is still incredibly significant. There's even 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 twenty percent is still significant when you start thinking about the realm of like what twenty percent takes off of something you and know? what items are in that bucket. Yeah, you so know? it's it's still something that we'll be doing over the next three years without question. But I mean, I think you know to your point, it starts to beg the question, you know. What are the other strategies that we have to we have to start to employ and look at and and do we be do we become maybe a little more tactful about the type of asset we're buying versus yep. what we've been buying for the last few years? And I think um, you know thinking back to when we started the Legacy Wealth Code, it was an easy sell to anyone that invests in real estate. All you have to do is just understand how this works. Yep. And our biggest, I think, I would say our biggest uphill battle with 
trying to get this out there was just actually telling people your CPA, which is really just a tax preparer, is not, they're not in your corner in terms of telling you all the things available. Mm -hmm. Once they find out about it and understand it, even our own CPA, like we've discussed many times, goes, okay, you guys were right. I, I mean, I wish I would have known about this before, but I think that part of that is like, that was our biggest uphill battle. And I think now at this point, it's the battle is, you know, if you understand how this works, you got to take advantage of what it is, what asset can I buy to maximize it? Yeah. Cause that has definitely changed. Well, and I, and I think, you know, that's where having the connections to be able to get cost segregation estimates done pretty quickly really yep. is a game changer in a due diligence period. I mean, we were having that conversation the other day with a gentleman about, you know, if you're, if you're going to square off two properties that you're considering against each other, right. Similar cap rates, similar yeah, returns, you know, fire, fire off that property to one of the cost segregation companies and say, give me the analysis of what this looks like. You know, and, and in many instances, they'll do that for you without cost. Well, I mean, so, um, and I'll drop in the uh, the show notes below a link. If any of you have properties that you're interested in just getting a free analysis, um, part of the Legacy Wealth Code stuff that we've negotiated with them is they offer a free um, analysis. And I know that that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, to your point, if you're comparing two properties, why not? Why would yeah. you not submit it? Yeah. It's free. And then the full report is, okay, yeah, this this looks great. Let's move forward. Now you have the IRS compliant report that you'll get in the back end. But yeah. at least knowing ahead of time what you're going into is extremely important, I think. I agree. And I mean, if you're tasked with that information or equipped with that information, I should say, then, then uh, you know, you in many instances, you may say, well, the asset that maybe was didn't look quite as good on paper before is the better buy. Yeah. So... Well, and so shifting gears, or I guess um, even expounding a little bit on what we're talking about, we have this phase out period. It's, it is what it is, 180, 20, uh, 80, 60, 40, 20, mm -hmm. gone. The caveat to that is there's certain assets that you can buy. So like when we talked about this office, typically 25 to 30% year one deduction. There are certain assets that you can buy that are even up to 100%. So you buy something for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. You're getting a million dollars bonus depreciated at whatever the current phase out percentage is. Right. So if you're buying the right asset, technically speaking, you could actually end up with more bonus depreciation next year or this year than if you were to buy something like a single family home when it was 100%. Correct. You see what I'm saying? Like, yep. say, say, like, for example, a car wash. Mm -hmm. You buy a car wash for a million dollars. Most of the time, that's 100% depreciable. So now, even next year, 60%, that's $600,000. Mm -hmm. You buy a million-dollar office building yep. at minus the land value, 800000 at 30%. 800000 times 30%, 240000 at 60%. So that is a humongous difference, yeah. just having that knowledge right there. Sure. Well, and, then, and again, that goes, and, 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 you know, certainly there are some of those like the car wash, some of the mobile mobile home parks that we've talked about with CPAs in the past that have done, that do really well on those. 
But again, to me, that's that's where that analysis comes in to say, you know, like we were talking the other day, I got to figure out a 1031 exit option off of a property that I'm selling now. And so, you know, I'm going to go look at a variety of things. I'm not going to look at one asset. But well, that was the very first thing I texted you. <laughs> you, you said car washes. but Time to buy a car yeah, wash. I'll add like the third one in a row down the street, you know. That is absolutely something that I'll do in that in that due diligence is is say if I've got I've got to go do my identification anyways, but I'll identify and then I'll and then I will take those and give them to a cost side company and say run these run this analysis for me and that'll play a major part in which one I actually move forward on. Yeah. So, so I think it's just like anything in life. I always like think back to the I don't know if it was on Instagram or Facebook, but it was like this ship that was broken down. No one could figure out how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then they finally hired this one guy who came down and he took a hammer and he he tapped one small part of the ship. Boom, the ship came back on, right? Obviously, this is a, a parody. But And the guy said, how much do I owe you? And it was some astronomical amount. He said, all you did is hit that ship with a hammer. He said, no, I just knew where to hit it. Yeah. And I think that there's so much value in the fact that the information, information is power. Yep. And, you know, we, we teach this and we preach this over and over again. Like the richest people in the world, the uber wealthy, the uber elite have gotten in that scenario, not taking nothing away from the amazing businesses that many of them have built, but the tax strategies they're they're implementing are actually available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I drive home. I mean, probably 10 times every day talking to people is like, you know, the tax code is the tax code. It's the same for me as it is for Donald Trump or sure. Bill Gates or, you know, Jeff Bezos, et cetera. They just know how to take advantage of it. Yep. And they're using the incentives that are there specifically to help essentially build wealth. But really what it is, is it's about the government doesn't want to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And so they incentivize you to do those things. And so a lot of times I, you know, I have this conversation where people are like, well, I'm not trying to avoid paying taxes. I would never tell someone not to pay taxes. Right. I'm just saying if you have a choice to be an active partner or a passive partner with the government, I would much rather do something they're incentivizing me to do. I get to choose where my money is going to go. And in this case, real estate, I call it the golden trifecta. You've got cash flow, appreciation, and depreciation. Mm -hmm. You can build wealth on this tax... uh, by paying taxes, essentially, you're building wealth. Yeah. You know, and if you have that mindset where you're realizing, like, I'm writing that check for the down payment, that's my tax bill. Well, and I think, again, it's it's a, it's a uh, we always go back to discipline, right? Like, if you're going to take advantage of these things and you're going to save on your taxes, that's fantastic. But the wealth building piece is really, let's be disciplined about taking that and putting it back into something else. Yeah, you know, it's not necessary. Well, you said I got a ten thirty one list. Like, yeah, you're not going to Vegas with that money. I mean, yeah, and that and it's funny because I have a partner in that deal, and he can't wait to cash himself out. And I'm like, what's that going to get you? You know, may, you you might be able to live off that money for a few years, and then you're back to having you know, or now I need to find another home run. Yeah, apartment complex you know, in South Carolina. Yeah, exactly. And so it's like you know, you take instead of doing that. Put it into an asset that's going to, you know, make money while you sleep. And I mean, that's that's the piece that that's the part of the legacy wealth code that I really love is the is the how do you really not just make money, but how do you build long term wealth? Yep. 
you know, and I and I I'm experiencing this firsthand, not only in what we're doing for ourselves, but you know, I've been working with this guy's estate the last few months and it's been a crazy amount of work, but I'm really seeing like this man did exactly what we preach all the time. Like he made a lot of money, bought a ton of real estate, cash flowed his real estate. And now it's a deal of like, you know, unfortunately passed away, but there's this whole portfolio to manage that is just cranking cash for his wife and kids. And, yeah, you know, people he cared about. The yeah. That, and that's and his legacy. They know they're taken care of. And, and it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see when you're like, this is what we preach on a, on a large scale. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think the, I, I was at the hockey game last night and um, the guy I took to the game is a financial planner. And we were talking about legacy wealth code and all the tax stuff that we, that we teach. Cause of course, like, you know, we're at odds, right? It's almost like two gangs. You've got the, the, the stock trader guy <laughs> and you've got the real estate investor, like the, you know, yeah. the bloods and the crips are going to the game together. It was crazy. I had my red, my red bandana on, I was ready to go. And, um, but you know, it was funny talking to him and, and he's like, man, that's such a you know great thing you're teaching. I said, the thing that's most mind blowing to me is it's so simple. Mm -hmm. Anyone can do this. Yeah. You don't have to be from a ton of money. You don't have to have a ton of money to put down. Like you can start with one property or you can just be a hustler and go identify properties and, and prove your value to people that have the money. Yeah. Because there's people that have the money that don't want to put in the effort to going and find the properties. And so there's so many different angles with this that at the end of it, it all boils down to the fact that you can easily create long-term sustainable wealth through real estate. And it's a proven model and you don't have to be reinventing some crazy, you know, you don't have to come up with the next Facebook or the next Tesla. Right. You can literally just say, well, this is what that guy did. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to follow the exact same strategy and fast forward 10 or 15 years and now you're a multimillionaire with tons of, of properties in your portfolio. Yeah. And I love that. That's like, I think the most rewarding thing for me is like, I can pretty much teach anyone how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The blueprints there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that's all we got today on the, on the cost segregation step down basis, but hopefully you guys got some value out of it until next time. Legacy wealth code onward. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Legacy Wealth Code podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, click subscribe now and never miss an episode. Until next time, onward.